Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? When are you guys going to learn? The more you indict, the more we unite. Facts. It's Trump 2024. We don't care. You heard me? We already made our mind up. You already know when the hood got your back. Man, they deep in the hood. Gangsters. Talking about Trump 2024. You heard me? Woo, woo. Wah. Gangsters. The hood got this man back. I'm just trying to tell you. You heard me? And we ain't, we ain't stupid, man. American people, man. We ain't, we ain't all them talking about lockdowns and back when the mask and all that. You know, they got a new virus coming and it's going to be, man, nobody don't care. Ain't fooling nobody no more with none of that. You know, new jack. Man, nobody, nobody being fooled no more. We all the way up. You heard me? It's Trump 2024. That's what it's going to be because we ain't having nothing else. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. So it's very complicated to try to figure out who's telling the truth. And I think that if we all agree that everybody has a vested interest in lying to us, which I think is disgusting. Can you imagine going to work every day and having your mission be to pull a fast one over on the people who you depend on to pay your bills? I mean, literally, how many times do you have to be lied to and do the media have to be called out for their propagandist campaigns? This is nothing new. And sometimes I sit here and I'm like, I'm so embarrassed. I feel the way some of these donors feel to these schools, these college, uh, college and university campuses where the truth is coming out about what their real values are. And people are saying, I'm embarrassed and ashamed that I've not only been affiliated with you, but that I've contributed to you for you to spew filth and yuck and values that I don't share. There's a great awakening going on. So too for me, right? Local TV news anchor and, and reporter for almost 20 years in my city and it was only towards the very end of that that I started to see what was really going on that I started to pay attention to the 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 words that were being rolled onto my teleprompter script weren't the things that I had previewed and tweaked leading up to the newscast things changed And so one day I copied and pasted something that a young producer who had no earthly business writing something so sophisticated, no offense, but let's call a spade a spade, right? Had put put in a script that I had to read. And so I put it into Google and I searched it and up comes uh, an AP story. And I went to the news director and I said, is this really what we're doing now? We're not going to think critically. We're going to just take whatever the Associated Press tells us. Because I don't believe what the Associated Press is saying any more than I want to parrot what our competitors and any of the other affiliates are doing. Shut up and read the prompter. Really? And I remember going home to my husband and saying, you know what? I'm thinking that this, uh, this career of mine is not going sh- to be long-lived. Because I'm not going to be able to do that. Some people can. You can go to work and get the paycheck and do a disgusting thing and be okay with it. I can't do that. Apparently, a lot of news operations can. 
So the media outlets yesterday that uncritically regurgitated the Hamas propaganda that Israel had shot a rocket that landed in a in a Gazan hospital, killing hundreds of people. And they had a number. We should have known better. Right. By early in the morning, it was amazing. They had a very specific number, 500, 500 people killed. Holy mackerel. How awful. Well, how would you be able to confirm that? First of all, idiotic. And secondly, it just from soup to nuts, it smelled bad. So reporters and major news outlets all day long claimed without any evidence that Israel had blown up that hospital in Gaza. Of course, they were wrong. And we said this on this program yesterday. And I said, look, there was video, and I described the video. Would you believe that the video is garbage? That's been fact-checked and debunked. The video, ostensibly, which is supposed to purportedly show Hamas shooting a rocket in the night, up in the air, like a firework. You know when it, you see the firework go off and then go up, and then it, there's nothing, and then there's that huge, right? So the rocket goes up, or whatever it was goes up, and it sort of goes like, And then something drops to the ground and there's an explosion on the ground. And you're like, oh my gosh, that had to hurt a lot. There's no way. And it was video from 2022. It wasn't even the real video. And then other stuff, they had two, they, they allege, they had two members of Hamas in some secret recording talking about that was really one of our rockets. It wasn't Israel, that was ours. How do you know? Well, I'm here on the ground. It's all bogus and it infuriates me. But you need to be snowed. You need to be lied to about everything. I mean, let's think about what happened with COVID, right? Every single television operation, every website, every radio update, it's just in, right? The video that they showed was bogus. Video of of a super crowded emergency room. Oh my God, nobody can get in. It's packed. Was really a, a vaccination clinic with people outside with their children waiting to go in to get the jab. But according to some media outlet of hackery, oh my gosh, it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. You people are hogging the beds. And then the picture inside of all the all the folks in their in their surgical gear and like hazmat suits, like they're walking on the moon. And people on ventilator. That was from Italy. And it had nothing to do with this. Like, come on. We know better. So we have to be centered. We have to be we have to be ready for the garbage. And it came from all areas. When a hospital in the Gaza Strip blew up Tuesday night, allegedly, and international news media uncritically reported Hamas terrorists' claims of an Israeli massacre, right? The White House in Israel, since, of course, refuting that account, citing imagery, intercepts, and open-source information, many of these same outlets have obsessed over the spread of, quote, misinformation in recent years. Yet they've created their own by parroting Hamas during a war the terror group savagely provoked with Israel. I agree with that. This is from the Free Beacon. 
The journalistic fiasco was an example of the media's tendency to adopt the Palestinians' narrative about the conflict with Israel, even when that narrative is unsupported by the facts. Why is that the horse that the media is supporting in this game? Are they for killing Jews? What what is that? I don't understand. Considering the majority of the media are owned by Jews. Help me with that. So this is the story. U.S. Democratic lawmakers, Arab leaders condemning Israel for the bombing. This was all over yesterday. Jordan canceling a planned summit with Biden. Riots breaking out in the West Bank and elsewhere in the Muslim world. And immediately after the hospital blast, which occurred at about 7.30 p.m. local time, outlets reported Israel had bombed the facility, killing hundreds of Palestinians. The reports generally referred to their source, the Hamas terrorist group, that governs Gaza as Palestinian officials or health authorities. In fact, we have a little a little mashup of some of the coverage so you hear how smoothly they just take a bogus headline without doing any kind of due diligence, no fact-checking, no nothing, running with it as breaking news. Listen. An appalling, appalling moment for the United States media to immediately spew pro-terrorist talking points across outlets, across the major wire of the United States, blaming the hospital attack like that. Knee-jerk reaction, blaming it on Israel. A major story developing right now in Gaza, what the Palestinian government is calling a war crime. Between 200 and 300 people were killed in a bombing targeting a hospital. That's according to a spokesperson for the Palestinian Health Ministry. The IDF is is vehemently saying that they did not do that. That was not their bomb. The Israeli military at this point is not providing any evidence to back up its claims that this was a Palestinian Islamic Jihad rocket. Hundreds of people have been killed. That is not really consistent with the kind of death toll that you would see uh, from a rocket. Hamas does not have the kind of munitions that could do this kind of damage. The Palestinians are talking about 500 dead. It is unlikely that a a rocket, uh, a crude rocket fired by a Palestinian group could cause that number of casualties. Based on the information we've seen to date, it appears the result of an errant rocket fire by a terrorist group in Gaza. A rocket that hit and killed 900 people cannot be a Palestinian rocket. Wow, right? How does Joy Reid become an expert on Palestinian uh, munitions? I mean, honest to God, who the hell are you, you hack? And this is what they do. Oh my gosh, hundreds killed. How about this? Breaking news, New York Times yesterday. An Israeli airstrike hits a Gaza hospital, killing at least 200 Palestinians, according to the Palestinian Health Ministry. Okay, Hamas is not the health ministry. How about this from MSNBC? The Palestinian Health Ministry says 200 to 300 at a minimum killed in an Israeli bombing. Blah, 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 blah. CNN, hundreds are likely dead after bombing of Gaza's Al-Akli Baptist Hospital, which was sheltering thousands of displaced people, the Palestinian Health Ministry said. It goes on and on and on and on and on, right? So they'll give you that headline. Oh, my gosh. Holy cow. And then when it's wrong, they'll go, oops, at the end of the news or oopsies on on Section F, the back page below the fold of your paper. It's the strategy, right? It's typical. It's predictable. It's been used for years. And we all need to be keenly aware of the fact that the media suck, right? Duly warned, not like you guys didn't know that.
All right, don't go anywhere. When we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program, we're going to talk about this continued financial fallout at colleges and universities. As they realize, donors realize, kids have been groomed to be social justice activists. Next. So this fallout, fallout as the true colors of higher education come out. Now, I don't think it's new. It's nothing new that colleges and universities teach the majority, I would imagine, teach a very specific ideology. It's it's a it's a ginning up a call to action of activism, of social justice stuff. When I was in college in the late 80s, right at the University of Colorado and even again when I was getting my master's degree at Mizzou. There was an overarching liberal bias and bent to the things that we were studying. And the hard part about it was you either play the game to get the grade or you put your foot down and say, I ain't doing it. Now, because I needed to go on to graduate school, I played the game. But I think it's probably there where I was deeply rooted in hating having to say something that I knew was so wrong. Right. Well, you're getting some people now who are big, big money donors to these colleges and universities who are seeing the true colors where the, the trustees or the college president has some limp, tepid response to pro Hamas protesting, calling for and at Penn yesterday. The call to basically exterminate all Jews. Can you imagine being a part of a of a protest like that or a rally like that or having a, a professor like the one at Columbia? Was it Columbia where the guy got up and he's like, hey, it was exhilarating watching what happened in Moss. Murdering all of those innocent people it was exhilarating. I was like, I can think of a lot of words. Exhilarating is nowhere on my list. And people are seeing this. And so now the ripple effect of donors saying no, I, I, and this is even more damning. How about this? I'm deeply ashamed. This is what another major UPenn backer says after he halted his donations and calls now on other Jews to do the same. Venture capitalist David Magerman, Majorman, Magerman, is the latest major donor to tell the University of Pennsylvania cutting off financial support to the Ivy League school is something that he calls all self-respecting Jews should do. Hedge fund billionaire Cliff Asnes, another major backer of UPenn, similarly halting his donations. Add this to a growing list of high-profile donors who've been pulling their funding from not just this prestigious institution, but others as well. Well, they're arguing that UPenn leaders didn't go far enough to condemn a multi-day Palestine Writers Literature Festival that took place last month on campus. UPenn letter leaders acknowledged the event included speakers with a history of making anti-Semitic marks, remarks, and UPenn leaders issued a statement ahead of the festival condemning anti-Semitism broadly, though not the festival specifically. They're seeing some true colors here. The simmering resentment turned to a boil in the wake of Hamas's attack on Israel and a growing number of donors have lashed out. Magerman, a UPenn grad, known for building, trading algorithms at hedge fund giant Renaissance Technologies, posted a letter Tuesday sent to UPenn leaders in which he took issue with President Liz McGill's decision to hold the festival and her initial response to the terror attacks on Israel. Quote, I am deeply ashamed. 
of my association with the University of Pennsylvania. I refuse to donate another dollar to Penn. He wrote the letter to McGill and to Scott Bach, who's the chair of the school's board of trustees. Now, it is from these trustees, it is from these donors, that they have these ridiculous endowments. I mean, what, what's the University of Notre Dame? <gasps> like a couple billion dollars in endowments. Super rich people giving money back to their alma mater. Put my name on a building, do something, whatever. I want to be a part of what you're doing. Until what I find out, what you're doing sucks. That the University of Pennsylvania didn't immediately put an end to calls for literally the extermination of Jews. How's that okay? It's not. It's free speech. Well, I have free speech too, and it's squelched when I get banned on social media or I get called names for asking questions because we should most assuredly question everything. Now, this other hedge fund billionaire called the Palestine Rights Festival, the university's initial response to the Hamas terror attacks, and a broader, quote, drift away from true freedom of thought, expression, and speech at Penn and other schools. He says, I don't like making something like this about money, but it appears to be one of the only paths that has any hope of mattering. And it has become clear that it's the only voice some of us have. Yeah, it matters. Call Bud Light. It sure as hell matters to them at Anheuser-Busch. It matters. Is it too late for these folks to come out at, at the University of Pennsylvania, at Harvard, to try to make amends? You have systemic activism, cultivated, born, bred, watered. The seeds are planted. The roots take shape. And it's cultivated in the classrooms. This has been going on for 30-odd years. Is this anything new or has now the real world awakened to it? All right, coming up. We're not done yet, ladies and gentlemen. How about this? There is no two-tiered system of justice. Why that argument has now officially crashed and burned. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. All right, so we got a little bit of breaking news here, ladies and gentlemen, and let me bring this to you. Jim Jordan now has said he is not going to go for a third vote. Jordan, to cancel the third vote, he will back McHenry until January. Huh. Here's your story. House Judiciary Chairman Jim Jordan will cancel the third vote to elect a speaker in the House of Representatives. He will back a move to empower House Speaker pro temp Patrick McHenry until January. Jordan lost support on the second ballot yesterday, blah, blah, blah. He needed 217, yada, yada, yada. His team had said they intended to keep going with a third vote, with supporters optimistic he could gain support. However, there has also been other potential candidates emerging from the wings and the stalemate. Apparently, starting about a half an hour ago at 11 o'clock, Republicans went into a closed-door meeting amid escalating tensions within the House GOP, with several of Jordan's critics stating they had gotten credible threats because they did not vote for him for Speaker. Okay, really? Tells you they're liberals. You know, come on! (sighs) Threats. And so this other candidate, 
We just talked about him. Jack Bergman, retired Marine Corps general, said he's prepared to step in if Jordan falters. Well, isn't it so interesting that the people who are willing to step in are the people who most assuredly suck? Because that's where I'm going with this. Let's talk about this McHenry guy, right? If you're going to be the, the speaker pro tem, if you're going to be the guy who's going to take the gavel and very aggressively slam it on the thing, and you're going to do this until December, the end of the year, what do they need desperately to do? They need somebody in charge who's going to say, A-okay to more spending. I'm not so sure Jim Jordan was going to do that. They need somebody who's going to say, absolutely, whatever you need, we're going to get it done. What? Continuing resolution? Absolutely. That's what we need to do because that's called responsible leadership and governance. And then when it gets down, when the, when the, 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 the rubber hits the road and it's like, oh, no, we need to get this done before the end of the year. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Are we going to get a balanced budget? No, we're going to get a budget that is $7 trillion. We bring in taxes off of your backs, right, for $5 trillion. Now, I freely admit that I'm not a rock star when it comes to math. But even nominally, mathematically inclined, me, I can say that's $2 trillion added to your deficit added to your debt so that's 35 trillion dollars this goes well beyond you and your children this is tapping into the life savings of your grandchildren and their grandchildren how do you get out of this it's war we've got to fund this war that's the only answer patrick mchenry let's re-review this cat's liberty score how conservatively does this conservative vote because these people are the ones who tell you i've got your back i totally vote the way you do until you realize hell no they don't liberty score 54 percent f f f f f f interesting what did he vote for wants to extend chain migration to adult dependents of employment visa holders hey patrick do you think we have enough people who have crossed over the border now that we can maybe put a lid on that, right? Because you voted yes. And conservatives would say no. So right there, you don't represent my values. Totally, you should have the gavel. That sounds perfect. What else did he do? Oh, he was for the $817 billion defense spending bill that didn't eliminate that mandatory vaccine stuff for our military. He thought that should continue. Awesome. Defense spending, out of control, sure, sure, sure. And make sure all, everybody in the military is vaccinated. Perfect. What else? I think that if I'm going to have a conservative representative, somebody who represents my values, as the Speaker of the House, he should totally fund the war in Ukraine through the end of Joe Biden's first term and vote yes on $40 billion in aid. Because that's what he did in May of last year. Voted yes for that. Perfect. What do you think he's going to do with the $100 billion Joe wants for Ukraine and Israel? You think that's going to be? Of course. Of course. Hey, wait a minute. Don't forget the $100 million for, for Gaza. And all the while, twisting in the wind is Maui. I mean, I want you, I want you to think about that. Where a raging inferno 
that turned a highway into a makeshift crematorium incinerated entire families in their cars. The death toll, we still don't know. How, how is that possible? It's like the Nashville Trans Shooters Manifesto. We still don't know. No idea. No. How about the bi- pipe bombs? Nah. I mean, we got nothing. I can't. How about the baggie of cocaine in the White House? Right? Most secure building. I, you know, it's totally bad. The Dobbs decision. There were 90, 97 people at the Supreme Court building who had access and who could have leaked that the Supreme Court was deciding to bounce it back to the states. You guys want abortion? You figure it out. It's not within the purview of the high court. Who leaked it? <laughs> like, I have no idea. But totally believe that it was Israel that fired a rocket that landed on a hospital that didn't happen. Okay. Now do you see our conundrum? It's so ridiculous. It's so obvious. It's so preventable if, of course, the people in this country were allowed to stand up and be represented. But they want a guy who, almost as often as he doesn't, votes alongside the Democrats in the House of Representatives. We want that to be our leader. Super. Now, I want to pivot. And, you know, the the argument that we hear quite commonly and Merrick Garland, in his own uh, way, had come out and said, you know, there aren't two tiers of justice, not for Republicans and one for Democrats, not one for the rich versus one for the poor. It's all some big melting pot of kumbaya. Everybody's equal here. Really, you, you know now that when these people talk, when their mouth is moving, they are giving you a load of BS. Well, you know what? God bless Elon Musk. Elon Musk, with a simple tweet, can do something that just absolutely eviscerates people. Do you guys remember the name Douglas Mackey? Okay? Don't worry about the people who broke into the Capitol and started an insurrection yesterday. We need to pay attention to people who are clear and present dangers to our democracy. Threats, if you will. And Douglas Mackey most assuredly is. In fact... We've isolated and have presented to you a screen grab of his meme that he made during the election in 2016. Now, if you're listening and not watching, let me tell you what it says. It says uh, it's a picture of a woman with President Hillary Clinton in a um, background, right? And it says, avoid the line, vote from home, text Hillary to 59925 and vote for Hillary and be a part of history. Now, of course, it's a joke. Right. Of course, it's a joke. He was just sentenced yesterday to seven months in prison for that. Seven months in prison for putting a freaking meme on Twitter. Did he kill anybody? No. Did he ruin property? No. Was he a threat to democracy? No. According to Nancy Pelosi, yes. Rashida Tlaib spreading lies. That's not. All right. But of course, did we ever grab the second one, Brock? Is the second one up? So he's going to serve seven months in prison for that. I want you to see this woman next to her, next to him. Her name is Christina Wong. 
And she put up a tweet that said this. Hey, Trump supporters, skip poll lines at hashtag election 2016 and text in your vote. Text votes are legit or vote tomorrow on Super Wednesday, right? Nothing. That's fine. You're allowed to do that in America. That's free free speech. Unless, of course, you want somebody other than what the establishment wants. Please. Seven months. Who in their right mind would think that would be a reasonable sentence? Elon Musk tweets this out, right? That had no material impact on the election. Talking about the first guys, right? What prison sentences were given to those who suppressed the Hunter Biden laptop information? That did have a material impact on the election. What about the impact that 51 former intelligence agents in this country had on our election by signing a note saying it had all the signs of Russian disinformation, knowing full well. And Leon Panetta came out and said, I don't care. I supported my decision to do that. Well, you suck. Leon, you and everybody else. That is what, in a nutshell, is being voted on in the House of Representatives for the Speaker's gavel. That is what you're up against. That is the fight. And of course, Elon Musk is correct. If the polls about the issue are any indication, surveys last year showed a massive number of people think that it would have changed the election had more people known about the laptop. But when you've got the media, you have the FBI, the deep state, you have the entirety of the Democratic Party, you have a majority of the Republican Party, just look at their liberty scores and see how they voted. Do they vote according to your principles? When you have all those people working in concert to create a narrative, to craft what's right versus what is illegal, you, ladies and gentlemen, do not live in a constitutional republic anymore. That is what is on the line. That is what is at stake. That is why everybody was so panicked about Jim Jordan, Patrick McHenry. All right, ladies and gentlemen, more of your money flying right out the door. Hamas says thank you. We'll be back right after this on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. All right, so the the thing that is so frustrating to me, you know, Jim Jordan, a gentleman here, realizes that we're not going to get over the finish line. There are people who are so deeply entrenched in the uniparty swamp dwellings that they refuse to do anything that is remotely conservative that their constituents want. It's the Mike Kelly effect. Mike Kelly sucks. there's There's no two ways around that. If you're against... What your constituents want, then you're not worthy of the color red or the letter R. Simple as that. And and the thing that's so frustrating to me is that conservatives in this country want what's best for everyone. It's not just about my family. It's not just about my zip code or my pet projects or things that I think are important. It's about everybody. We, we legitimately feel that way. And so constantly we're seeing people vote against our wishes. Beyond that, there's something very dangerous happening from within. And it has been purposeful. It was planned. 
with the ending of Act 42 at the border, with the ending of Remain in Mexico, and basically the cry to the entire world, come one, come all. We're open for business. Come realize the American dream. That global compact on migration that opened up our borders and has brought, what, by the time Joe Biden's out of office, what is it going to be, 8 million human beings? Some of the people who are coming here desperately want an opportunity. They believe in the American dream. And they're here for that. And they've risked everything to come for that. They ought not have. But there are some who don't have our values. And these other countries have been all too happy to open up their jails and their psych wards and say, go, go, you go to America. You have fun with that. That's who we have. Undeniably, it wasn't just 151 known people on the terrorism watch list who've been snarled at the traffic who were thwarted from getting in. When you have almost two million gotaways, I'm going to roll the dice and say, just mathematically speaking, There's some few who got in. What the hell are they planning on now? Right? Who knows? Who knows? It took an imam, okay? This guy's name is Imam Tawidi. Imam Tawidi. He's an Australian Muslim scholar. And he's going to say, we imported the Muslims the Arab world wanted to get rid of. This is so factual. It is stunningly honest. And you probably won't hear it anywhere else. Go. Macron, the president of France, recently said the Islamic world is in a crisis. In my opinion, yeah, we do have problems. We do have Boko Haram, we have Al-Qaeda, we have Taliban. We have problems. But the broader picture, Islam is very successful. It's growing very fast. And we're doing really well. Dubai is not in a crisis. Abu Dhabi, the UAE, Bahrain, Oman, Kuwait. There's no crisis there. The Muslim countries are doing good there. Only some places there's a problem. I say, no, you are in a crisis. You went to the Muslim countries and you imported the garbage that the Muslim countries wanted to put in prison or isolate away from society. You went and you imported them. Why? For cheap labor. But these Islamist extremists, they don't want to work. They want free welfare. They want to marry French women, blonde hair, blue eyes. They don't have time to work. So look at Poland. They don't complain from Islamic extremism, not a single terrorist attack in Poland. The question is, Tina, did the extremists become stronger or the West become weaker? I say it's both. Wow. So as we're squabbling here and Joe Biden is inserting himself in a war that he helped create and he's funding with our money, both sides of it, while simultaneously fighting and supporting the fight in Ukraine without any updates, without any end in sight, without any end to the aid, without any receipts, with no proof that any money is actually going anywhere it's supposed to go. You're supposed to be on this never ending treadmill of giving. It's the right thing to do. These people need our help, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody has to do it. Right? So while that is going on, you have China and Russia meeting, getting stronger. 
joining forces for their own new world order, which seizes upon the obvious weakness of America, the internal ridiculosity of woke, broke, liberal garbage, as illustrated as well by the House Speaker vote. Jim Jordan says, I'm out. Clearly, this is not in the best interests of our country. Somebody else will do the job. God willing. Now, I'm a believer. I will tell you this. As weird as things get, as dark as things feel, as as comfortable as I, I am oftentimes on this program talking about the crap that's going on in this country, I have great hope. I have great hope that Jim Jordan on the House Judiciary Committee, his position there, Staying there is going to be of utmost and historical importance to these United States because the work has to continue. I care less about impeaching Joe Biden. I have more interest in exonerating the men and women from January 6th who continue to this day to rot in prison. And I hope Godspeed, God willing, that one of the first items up for bid As this house reconvenes, release the tapes. Do you guys think Tom McHenry is going to do that with a 54 Liberty score? I'm going to go with no. And that's what they were worried about. All right, my friends, back here 21 hours from now. We will see you then. Have a blessed day. And remember, peace. Peace.